0: Turned out to be a tool shed. It was in the backyard of a house that was empty and had a decrepit for sale sign in the weeds of the overgrown front yard. The house was on the main road, sandwiched between a convenience store and a place that sold hot tubs. There was a lot of noisy traffic going by all the time. Some distance behind the house there was a forlorn little park. Just a few trees, some picnic tables, and a lumpy sort of hill with rocks jutting out of the soil. It didn't look like anyone had lived in the house in a long time. The tool shed was rusted tin with a dirt floor. It was empty, except for some bags of potting soil and a rake. Perfect, Jake declared. A little cramped, but perfect. Once we're all in Mulmorph, it'll be roomy enough. Cassie cleared her throat. Um, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier. But it's not about to be all of us being moles at once. Not at first, anyway. I mean, only one mole can dig at a time. We all stared at her as we let that bit of information sink in. Somehow, I'd had images of us all down underground, digging away together. Now I was getting a very different picture. We're going to be down there alone? Marco yelped. Underground? Dirt pressing in all around us? No air? Cassie shrugged. Well, you'll be a mole. Well, then it's all right, Marco said with shrill sarcasm. We'll be moles, so it's okay to be under 20 feet of dirt with no air. Oh, you big baby, I said. No problem. I say these things. I don't know why. They just pop out of my stupid mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, Marco said, placing his hand on my shoulder. We have a volunteer. What could I say? I had to tough it through. Okay, fine, weenie boy. I'll go first. It was hot in the little shed with all of us crammed in there. Hot and airless. And already I was feeling a little claustrophobic. You know, the fear of tight spaces. I focused my mind on the image of the mole. And by whatever weird means the morphing technology works, I began to change. The first thing I noticed was that there was more room in the shed. The bodies that had been pressed close were getting further away. I was shrinking. But I wasn't shrinking at the same rate all over. My legs and arms were shrinking much, much faster. Flump! My butt hit the floor. Whoa! Jake yelled. Catcher! Jake and Cassie grabbed me, just in time to keep me from falling over. Too late to save my dignity. Marco started giggling. (laughs) Cassie was snorting desperately, trying not to laugh. My legs had shriveled away, leaving nothing but feet. My arms were nothing but hands. I was still a human being, but with feet alone where my legs should have been. Jake and Cassie held my shoulders and balanced me upright. I was like one of those blow-up clowns you punch and it rolls back. I was sitting down, waving my toes and fingers and wishing I could strangle Marco. Wait till it's your turn, Marco, I yelled. But my face chose that moment to start pushing out and out and out. They laid me down on my face, finally, since I was now about two feet long. Thick black-brown fur began to sweep across me, transforming me from mostly human to mostly mole in appearance. My face just kept bulging outward, forming a fantastically long, rat-like snout. But while most of me seemed to be shrinking, my hands seemed to be growing. Relative to the rest of me, anyway. I was growing hands like claw-tipped shovels. Big, flat, hairless, hard, with stubby claws on the ends of each finger. My hands twisted as I watched, turning outward. My eyes went dark. I thought I was totally blind. Then I realized, no, I could still see. But all I could see were vague lines between light and dark. I was practically blind, but not completely. Almost blind, with hearing that was dim and distant, like listening through a door. Even scent was nothing special. However, a new sense reared up to fill my brain. Touch! My nose was insanely alive and so sensitive to touch, I could feel the air currents around me. Deprived of vision and much of my hearing, I felt panic. I was supposed to go digging down in the ground like this? Blind? Half-deaf? And yet, I felt the earth beneath my shovel hands and my rat-like back legs, and scraping under my belly. My nose poked at the dirt and felt its texture. Moistness. Hardness. It was certainly better underground. Safer. Oh yes, far safer underground. Besides, I was hungry. I began to dig. From far away, I heard a voice say, Whoa, she's getting right down to business, huh? It still looks like a rat to me. I dug my claws into the dirt and shoved it back with my hands. Then, again. More. And now the desire to dig was very much stronger. I had to dig. I was surrounded by big lumbering shapes of gray on gray. When they moved, I could see the shifts in the light pattern dig! I could feel the warmth of the earth calling to me. In some dim part of my mind, I could almost form a picture of a cozy little hole, deep down, filled with comfortable grasses and twigs and scraps of garbage. I could curl up there when I was waddling through my tunnels, the tunnels where beetles might dig through and lay their eggs for me to eat, where, in the absolute darkness, my sensitive nose would encounter the squirmy squishiness of a plump, juicy earthworm. Oh, yes. Dig. You know, it occurs to me maybe she's not in total control of this morph. Nah, come on. Do you think a mole has strong enough instincts to take over Rachel's brain? Look at the way she's digging. Hmm. Rachel? Hey, Rachel. How are you doing down there? Dig and dig and dig. Now my upper body was down in the warm darkness of the earth. Dig harder. Get all the way under. Darkness was safety. The safety of warm, moist earth, pressing in all around. She's not answering. She's totally gone mole on us. I wouldn't have thought moles had that powerful a set of instincts. Okay, better grab her before she gets all the way under. Suddenly, I felt something grab me. It grabbed my tail. It was pulling me backward. I dug furiously with my shovel hands. I scrabbled at the dirt but it was too powerful. Up and up and up through the air. Exposed. Nothing around me but air, air, air. Emptiness. Hey, Rachel, it's me, Jake. Snap out of it. The mole brain has you. I snapped out of it. It was a sensation like... Well, like emerging from a tunnel into daylight. I was back. I was Me. Me staring through those utterly useless mole eyes. Did not, I said. Yeah, right, I heard Marco say. I was just trying to get on with it. Hey, I'm here to dig, right? So I was digging, jerk. Jake put me back down by the shallow hole I made. Okay, Rachel, you were not having trouble. Everything was fine. I went back to work. But now the earth didn't seem so inviting or warm. Chapter 16 Down and down I dug, till my entire body was in the dirt. And now I was no longer hiding beneath the mole's mind. I was a human being, digging blindly into the dirt. Why should it have been terrifying? Why? Was it the way the dirt pressed in all around me? The fact that I could not possibly turn around? I couldn't breathe. Only, I could breathe. Yes, I was breathing. But that panic, that terror of suffocating in a dark place, kept rearing up. I could push it down. I could reason with myself. But that fear of suffocation was too strong. I was being buried alive. Correction, I was burying myself alive. Down I went. Down and down. I knew I should be digging a vertical hole, but it was impossible. The mole couldn't dig that way. The best I could do was slope downward. I dug. How long, I don't know. It seemed like a very long time. And then, quite suddenly, I couldn't stand it anymore. I needed air! I tried to back up, but no! I couldn't move that way. Come on, Rachel. Get a grip. Get a grip, kid. Get a grip! I said to myself. Just dig a turnaround. That's it. A little more off the sides. Yeah. Hang in there. Nowhere. Oh lord, I'm buried alive! No, no! Hold on. Keep digging out a turnaround. I scraped madly with my hands, shoving the dirt back beneath my body to be shoved back by my hind legs. And slowly, a chamber began to appear a hole a few inches wide on either side of me. I tried turning. Not yet. Dig some more. Dig in blind darkness. Finally. Yes! I could turn around. My sensitive nose felt the empty, open tunnel ahead of me. It was crumbly and far from perfect, but it was a tunnel. I raced down it, squeezing through the tight spaces, desperate, desperate for air. My nose emerged into light. It seemed blinding now. She's back, Cassie said. Rachel, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I lied. How far did you get? You were down there for 20 minutes. 20 minutes? No. It had to have been an hour at least. I. Um. I don't know. I tried to visualize the tunnel I'd never actually seen but only felt. How long was it? I guess it was... I don't know. Probably only three feet. Three feet straight down? Jake said with a whistle. That's pretty good. The top of the Yurt Dome is probably, what, 50 feet down, maybe? Not straight down, I said. The mole can't dig straight down. It's just barely downhill. Maybe a foot deep. Oh, man! Tobias groaned. This is going to take us forever! We took one-hour shifts. Between shifts, those of us who weren't digging or standing guard walked down to the Mickey D's and bought fries and Cokes. Six hours of digging till we each had done our shift. The day was over. We couldn't stay any longer. We had to head home. Someone should carry a string down in to see how far we got, Marco suggested. No one volunteered. No one even moved. We were a haggard, unhappy-looking bunch of kids, sweating and pale from the stress of fear and the constant morphing. I'll do it, I said. It's my turn. I morphed, and Cassie tied the end of a string around my tail. Down into the tunnels again. We'd each gone as far as we could, then dug a turnaround. Six turnarounds. I counted them as I passed each one by. I would have been sweating if I were human. It was hot and close. Very close. Like being in a coffin. That image kept coming up. Like being in a coffin. Like being buried alive. Like you wanted to kick and scream to get out. Only no one would hear you because you were underground. Buried alive. Then my nose touched a wall. The end. I had reached the end of the tunnel. You'd think I'd have been relieved, but now the pressure to get out, 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 drove me to the edge of panic. I could barely control myself, barely keep from screaming. I raced back along that tunnel as if something were chasing me. Was that light up ahead? No, I'd only passed three turnarounds. Or was it four? Finally, I poked my snout up out of the ground, crawled free from the hole, and began to demorph instantly. Axe was in his own body, having been in human morph too long. He measured out the string I'd carried down the hole. Would you like the measurements in feet or in meters? I was human enough to be able to see Merkel roll his eyes. Whatever. The total length of the tunnel is approximately 41 feet long. I believe the slope ratio is about 6 to 1. One foot down for every 6 feet of tunnel. That would mean we tunneled down approximately 6.8 feet. I was emerging into my human body now, and still trying to shake off the unholy willies. Six lousy feet? Closer to seven lousy feet, Axe corrected. Oh, man, Tobias moaned. If we're right and we have to dig down 50 feet, that would take us a week. You've got to be kidding. I'm a bird. I have no business being in a tunnel. I almost agreed. In fact, I almost said, Forget it, I'm out of here. But I didn't. In fact, I was the strongest voice for going forward. See, I wasn't going to let the claustrophobia scare me. I wasn't going to let fear dictate what I did. Or maybe I was just a fool. Chapter 17 We got better at digging as we became more experienced. But then we found ourselves running into rocky levels no mole was designed to dig through. We had to figure out ways around the rocks. Long, time-consuming ways around boulders. And we could only dig after school. We'd bring our homework and sit in that stifling shed and quiz each other on history or science. Axe would stand there, listening gravely to the history, and laughing at the primitive nature of our science. One by one, we'd go down that hole. We timed it out so the next person was always in morph and ready to go. Four more days we dug. Tokasi came back up and said, I think we're blocked. It's solid rock. We are not blocked, I said. We have not been doing all this just to end up blocked. There has to be a way. So down I went, like an idiot. Like I was all excited about digging the stupid tunnel. Axe had calculated we were twenty-five feet down, down through loose topsoil and clay and gravel. Down and down I scurried, pushing ahead with my little back feet, always clearing the tunnel of fallen dirt with my spade feet. I reached the end. The darkness was so absolute that no eye could see, let alone a mole's eye. My nose touched the end of the tunnel. I began to dig. Rock. I moved left. Rock. Rock. I started thinking, hoping almost, that Cassie had been right. No more digging. No more tunnel. No more being buried alive. But then I found it. The seam between rocks. My nose felt it. I dug away some dirt and the seam grew. Yes, there was an opening. I hesitated. Did I really have to tell the others? They would take my word for it if I said Cassie was right. No one else was going to come down here to check. No one liked this any more than I did. I dug some more. And then... What? Air! A breeze! No way. But it was a breeze. Faint and smelling heavy and damp and nasty. But a definite breeze. Air was flowing up between the rocks. Hey, guys! I called up in thought-speak. But they were out of range. No answer came. I dug away more dirt, and now the breeze was stronger still. There was enough space for me to push my body through, but I sensed emptiness beyond. I turned around and raced back to the surface. I think I hit a cave or something, I said. Cassie was right. It's rocky, but there's a breeze coming up between the rocks. Jake shook his watch. Too late for today. We'll hit it tomorrow. It's Saturday. We'll have more time. So on Saturday, we were back. Rested and refreshed. Or, as rested and refreshed as you can be, after a night of nightmares, we were trapped in a coffin screaming, Let me out! I'm not dead! This time, we all went down together. We dug out a larger area around the fissure in the rock. We made it large enough for all of us to fit. And, somehow, as creepy as it still was, it was more or less comforting to know that everyone was down there with me. Until it occurred to me that now there was no one on the surface to rescue us. The tunnel could collapse. We could be trapped. What could I do? Morph to human? Under 25 feet of dirt? Everyone took turns digging away the last of the dirt. Our noses told us we were standing around a crack that went down and down into the rock. It just gets to be more and more fun, doesn't it? Marco said sarcastically. Now it's solid rock. "'Better than digging through dirt,' I said. "'Oh yeah? Guess again. We're moles. "'If a dirt tunnel collapses on us, we can dig our way out. "'What do we do if rock collapses on us?' "'He was right. "'I had to force myself to stay very still and not start running. "'If I started running, I'd never stop. "'If you're scared, I'll go in,' I said. "'I'm scared.' Marco confirmed. Help yourself! There must be something kind of liberating, just being able to say, I'm scared, like it's no big deal. I can't do that. I don't know why. I just can't. I pushed my sleek mole body down into the rock. It was rough, unworn rock. Rock that had been split open by pressure. I shoved forward. The path twisted and turned, but not too much. If I demorphed in here... My human body would be a hundred times too big. What would happen? Would I become part of the rock? Would I be able to scream and scream with no one hearing me? No one able to help? Get a grip, I ordered myself. Stop torturing yourself. It's going to be okay. Suddenly, "Ah!" I was falling. Falling blind. Hello Phantomorphs and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Anomorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host Daniel. And I have an email today sent in by uh Damar. Uh I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But uh they wrote in, Hi, I found your podcast on Spotify, and I am absolutely grateful for it. I'm already in the second book, and I don't know if you've uploaded the whole series, but thank you. Yo welcome, Dalmar, and thank you for listening. Uh, as as you'll find out once you get up to this episode, <laughs> uh, I have not done the whole series yet, but we are working on it, and we will get there one day, hopefully. Knock on wood. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say, so, you know, just the standard stuff um, you get every week. If you're using Apple Podcasts and you'd like to leave me a rating or review, I sure would appreciate that. Uh, if you'd like to reach me, you can do you can do that at Audio Morphscast dot tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com, as Dahmer just did. Uh you can also do that at theapocalypse.com. That's the Apocalypse. Like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. It's a dumb pun that I came up with and I made a website where that has all my stuff. Uh so check that out if you'd like. Uh that's uh that's really it. Thank you for listening uh, to this episode and I'll see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day, the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.